I'm just opening my mouth and thinking, what was he thinking? <laughs> But I don't know, maybe it can be also that when you hear for the first time peace, it sometimes needs, uh, you know, time to to become rape, you know? So it might uh, be explanation just as simple as like that. Mm-hmm. Also with Sibelius' uh, symphonies, for example, when you read his uh, diaries, I just recently read about his fourth symphony that he was already like 70 years old and 30 years after he composed it. And he said, now I heard for the first time a recording that is kind of what I wanted. The time has made what it has, what it's doing usually for the pieces. So maybe this is what happened with the piano concerto also. Yeah, and like you say, with the Sibelius first symphony, who would think of starting his first symphony with a clarinet solo. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just odd to people. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's so beautiful. And actually, you know that he did two versions. He, he did often two versions. And sometimes there is, uh, we have the second, the first version. But with this piece particularly, it's disappeared. He probably destroyed it. But what we need, have in uh, his uh, diaries is actually a couple of uh, markings that he had in mind while writing this symphony i'm not sure how was the first symphony the first edition is it totally the same same melodies or not but he said for example that the opening of the first symphony is uh, cold cold wind comes from the ocean so it kind of makes sense you know and then the strings come and it kind of warms up stroke how how is a piece like this would you say it is connected to the legacy of symphonies that comes before Sibelius and in what ways does it grow out of Beethoven and Mendelssohn and Schumann in, in what ways is it is it connected I think everything is connected there is no existing such a thing that somebody comes and creates something totally new everybody is Uh, connected, everybody gets ideas from each other, but how you spice it up, and that can make a difference. But definitely Sibelius was looking to Bruckner, to Brahms, uh, to Tchaikovsky very much. You can hear so much of Tchaikovsky uh, uh, in in this first symphony. But of, of course, the, the chords, the tonalities that he chooses, they are very kind of you could call them Nordic, so there's this certain of his own spiciness. And when you look at the whole bigger picture, all his seven symphonies, you already see the starting point that he has in mind, this kind of endless perpetuum mobile, that you don't know where the one melody ends and another one starts, and everything goes in this really... Sometimes you can have only two bar of motive and it never comes back, and kind of his, this is his starting point. And when you go, go to the Seventh Symphony, just right. everything is faded out. It's just this one big thing. Basically one movement. Exactly. A continuous piece, exactly. not set movement. Yeah.
Dalia Stasevska conducts the Detroit Symphony Orchestra this weekend in a program of Julia Wolf, also Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto, and Sibelius Symphony No. 1, which we're going to be hearing next on the second half of this broadcast. So we're focusing on Sibelius right now, the uh, musical father of your homeland. You've, you've talked about being very connected with his music. You're, you're Finnish, and you, you say he's close to your your soul and what, what are some of your other favorite or moments that that really speak Sibelius to you every time I conduct Sibelius I think of his whole repertoire and I always know the starting point and the ending point and this is for me interesting and I, I always make very clear for myself this kind of steps and for example in this first symphony he was very young still. You, uh, the, the way he writes, for example, for brass, there's so much of sforzandi and quick kind of uh, crescendi, this kind of like um, young man's uh, energy and rawness that I love to bring out, and maybe edginess. when I'm conducting Second Symphony, I already start to polish all this kind of thing. So this is for me very exciting to always see this huge, huge line. And uh, But I, what I mostly enjoy in Sibelius is this perpetuum mobile feeling that it's just like everything matters what he writes and nothing matters. In a way, it's like uh, you just see him sitting on the... Um, on some in the middle of the forest, you know, and just thoughts come to him and go. Some are important, some are not. And uh, this is how his music is also, that there needs to be this uh, certain of continuation all the time. And this is what I meant also between these motives, that some motives are just for two bars, you know, and then they go away. It's like a thought that comes and it's not important, you know, right. it just goes and some kind of like sticks with them and starts to kind of dance around them and then again releases and something else comes. And this is so beautiful about his music. You make me think of Sibelius scherzos, which are sometimes just bewildering. You know, yeah. they come and go so quickly exactly. and you kind of go, what happened? Yeah. And it's like the, like a like a wind blowing through. Yeah. And this is, this is I think, what uh, for me is very important to think with Sibelius, that everything matters and nothing matters. It's like our existence in this world. It's important, and at the same time, it's not important. We just live and die, and we continue. And this is so such a beautiful thing about his music, and why I feel so uh, connected to him also, that it's everything, and it's about nothing. first visit to Detroit, how did you uh, find Orchestra Hall to be? First of all, the hall is beautiful. Uh, it has this kind of like an old, old, uh, like an old instrument sound. And the orchestra is fantastic. I'm, I'm uh, very, very excited. Dalia Stasevska is about to conduct Sibelius Symphony Number no. 1. Thanks again. Thank you very much.
For WRCJ, this is Peter Worf.